once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarland. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. Welcome to the show where two best friends with arguably terrible mental health analyze um, movies instead of themselves. Mm. Part movie analysis, part self-analysis, and all fun. But given that this is a mental health check-in, sort of thinly disguised, I feel like rather than asking how you are, I want to change it up. I'm going to say, Ben, okay. how was this film relevant to your week? Ooh, that's good. Right? That's really good. I thought I'd fold the how are you's into the content, yeah. you know, rather than having it be a little separate thing about us. I like that. How is this film relevant to your week? So this film brightened my week massively. Good. It was fucking hilarious. Yep. It gave me huge insight from multiple perspectives. All hilarious. Very nice. All ironic. And all incredibly powerful. I feel like a better person for having watched this. Oh film. wow! Okay, yeah. okay, that's that's quite different from mine. I, um, How about you, buddy? <laughs> I enjoyed seeing a film about a person who felt like they're in the wrong place and that nothing they do is good enough. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's been a rough week, and uh, oh, buddy, watching somebody consistently try to please people and have them go, "Nah, nah, it's not what we mm. like." I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, I can relate to mm. that. I can relate to this character. <laughs> oh, mate. Bless you. But in the spirit of that, should we should we let the people know what we are covering if they if they for some reason clicked on this podcast without reading the title of it? Hell yes, buddy. It's our Oscar season, so Ooh. we are covering movies from the best picture nominations list. This week we are doing American fiction. Yes. Super fucking fun film. Very fun film and a super delicate conversation about black identity that won't present any danger for two painfully white guys to talk about. Absolutely none. And when I say white, I mean like flour is spicy to Ben. Get fucked. Dude, out of me and you... (laughs) You're the whitest. Yes, I agree. You are the Victorian ghost of this podcast, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've also, you know, worked on grime records, whereas... Uh, You been having that in your back pocket with yeah. this whole time that's just the one card that you're just sort of like yes but i but i've made a grime record uh in my past <laughs> <laughs> one of this one of the people on this podcast has met jay-z ben and it's not you i'm not sure if i'd want to yeah i mean i say met i was in the room we nodded i said hi oh god that see <laughs> see <laughs> jesus christ american fiction was made in 2023 for a budget of less than 10 million a figure which it has so far doubled wow even before it won the bafta for best adapted screenplay and it may still yet win the oscar for best picture which it is nominated for, hence us covering wow. it. Wow. Yeah. But as as part of Oscar season, this seemed like a must pick. But I think there was a big part of me. We're going to get into it. 
that was okay. very intimidated about whether or not we, like two very white, very British men, okay. had much to add in terms of personal insight to a movie that's about being black in America. I, I totally <laughs> understand where you're coming from. Like, I honestly, going into this, mm. I was like, I don't think I can relate <laughs> right. to being a black man in America mm. and the you know like the, uh, the the societal implications that come with that scenario because I'm neither right right there's a phrase which is America the- and the UK are two countries separated by a common language because we look at yeah. each other and we're like oh yeah we get that we understand you and it's like no yeah, yeah. no we don't our lives are very very different <laughs> dude my time in san francisco it, honestly it may as well have been like under the fucking ocean that's how alien it was to me <laughs> like it was crazy i bought fish and chips fuck all fish and chips there man Ooh. it was nothing like it was supposed to be i was like i don't know if i know what real is anymore <laughs> <laughs> um, i had a different reaction to that man yeah I watched this and I was like, this is going to be great because right. of all the cringy ass white people yeah. doing the detrimental shit to make me go, oh, so that's not how to be white. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not how you be a white person. That's that's good information to have. Yeah. Like out in yeah. a world that we live it's in, a right? Good like, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very, very good film. Mm, incredible. And it's a very, very good film that happens to cover race relations as, as part of what makes it very good. Yeah. Uh, but I think anybody who's worried about watching this film thinking it's going to be preachy or worthy or not afraid to laugh at itself or not fucking like pitch perfect nailed for the conversation that's happening in society it's right incredible. now. It's literally incredible. You're wrong. Just, just, just watch it. You'll, you'll see. Um, yeah, but let's get our best crayons out, shall we, and give it a go. Let's just, dude. I got my Crayolas. I'm ready to. I'm ready to party. He's using the fancy crayons for this one. Fuck yeah, buddy! <laughs> no expenses spared. For the benefit of those that haven't seen this, we recommend you do. Um, if you're committed to the fact that you're not going to watch this film and you don't mind some spoilers, because there are spoilers, because there are spoilers in this, yeah. we're about to do them right now. Um, here is spoilers. Here is spoilers. You ready? Here is spoilers. The loneliest. Who's going first? I'll go first. I, it's it's okay. you know it's a kind one this week. I thought we we'll just we need to reset the breakdown right, to be yeah, yeah, yeah. an explanation of I the like plot, that. right? Okay, rather than trying to fuck each other over, I like that. Thelonious cool. Ellison, nicknamed Monk, is a well-reviewed but poorly selling author who works as a professor in L.A. His latest manuscript is rejected for not being black enough. Inverted commas. And the stress of his limited appeal to broad audiences forces his employer to place him on involuntary leave, suggesting he visit family in Boston, pretending to appear on a seminar panel for black writers sort of being the reason he goes. But it's it's essentially Mm. like we'll fire you if you don't take some time Um, because he's an angry boy. Um, His talk, understandably so. His talk at the book seminar is well attended as a pedo's funeral uh, and all the attendees (laughs) choose instead (laughs) to attend a talk with the writer of a different book called We's Live in the Ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> so whilst in Boston, Monk reconnects with his family, his mother showing signs of dementia, and his brother Cliff is reeling from a recent divorce, his wife having found him in bed with another man. Monk is far closer with his sister, who suffers a fatal heart attack whilst trying to organise the family's ruined finances. Mm. Now stuck in Boston, responsible for his sister's funeral, his mother's dementia care, and his brother's frequent casual sex slash drug use, <laughs> Monk gets chatting to an attractive new neighbour, Coraline, 
and they start dating. Yeah. I was not expecting yeah. the sister moment, by the way. That was heartbreaking. It, she's been in the film for like 10 minutes. They're sitting down and having a very mundane coffee. Bang, mm-hmm. heart attack. Um, Awful. One drunken Broken. night, frustrated by the success of Wee's Lives in the Ghetto, Monk writes a sort of satirical mockery of the so-called black literature that seems to sell <laughs> so well. The resulting book, called My Pathology, is st- <laughs> stuffed with gang violence and absentee fathers and submitted to publishers as a joke, where, of course, it is immediately subjected to a bidding war. Um, oh, yeah. Monk now finds himself having to impersonate the fictional author on phone meetings, urbanising his voice and taking the name <laughs> Stag R. Lee. The book sells to clueless white publishers for 750000 gets movie rights Same. worth $4 million immediately sold, all while Same. Monk's family continues to degenerate both morally in his eyes and medically in the grim reality. Oh, fucking hell, man, it's rough. <laughs> With the wider world unaware of his dual identity, Monk is invited to be a judge for a book award. Both Wee's Live in the Ghetto and My Pathology are contenders, leading to Monk panicking and trying to kill the runaway joke during his next phone meeting a Stag Ali, demanding they change the name of the book to one word, fuck. <laughs> to his amazement, they agree to even this calling it bold, daring, and of course, emblematically black. <laughs> the stress of the hoax begins to wear on Monk's relationships at home. He and his girlfriend end up having a massive bust up and her throwing him out. Monk's mother Agnes is moved into her care home and is as pleasant to the staff as a sandpaper condom. Brother Cliff finds her dementia has made coming out to her as impossible as it would be to his dead-by-suicide father. Mm. Buck has become a bestseller. And Monk's interviews as Stag R. Lee being a fugitive from jail has the FBI calling the publisher for some concerned details. <laughs> On family housekeeper Lorraine's wedding day, Monk finds Cliff living in Agnes's beach house with two other very young, aggressively homosexual men. Cliff never left Boston and has just been partying and doing drugs the entire time Monk's been dealing with all this stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Lorraine is happy to have him attend the wedding nonetheless. Which would be difficult on a come down. A, a beachside wedding. Fuck that, when you, man. When just you've the, got the, the itchy nose. seagull noise. Right. Absolutely not. And you're just there Absolutely being like, not. maybe I can get away in a minute. Maybe in a minute. Mate, I would, I would literally rather swim in traffic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> At the reception for the wedding, Monk and his brother Cliff discuss the impact of their father's suicide. And brother Cliff encourages Monk to let people love all of him rather than hide parts of himself. At the book award ceremony, fuck is announced the winner. Mm-hmm. Monk goes on stage and says he has a confession to make. The screen cuts to black. And the story is revealed to be Monk's screenplay based on his real-life experiences, written for Wiley's production company as an alternative to the fuck film adaptation. <laughs> Monk has not revealed his identity to the public and is still separated from Coraline. Wiley likes the screenplay, but asks Monk to write a different ending. <laughs> this bit's so good. It's fucking perfect. Monk proposes with his one well, Monk proposes one with his running away from the ceremony to apologize to his ex-girlfriend. Director Wiley doesn't like this as it's closer to a romantic comedy as opposed to a drama film, which is what he originally envisioned. Monk then suggests one where police believing Monk to be a wanted criminal holding a gun, fatally shoot him at the ceremony. <laughs> much, 
Much to Monk's dismay, Wiley, also busy filming black exploitation film Plantation Annihilation, loves it, <laughs> and the film moves into production. Monk drives away with Cliff after he and one of Wiley's actors playing a slave acknowledge each other. Mm-hmm. To recap, a very literate, very academic black man whose books do mm-hmm. not sell writes a parody book. It becomes the literary and film sensation of the year while he struggles yeah. with the fact that he literally did it as a joke to try and mm-hmm. satirize how patronized, condescended, and narrowly viewed the black community is in America. I think this is why I was really fucking excited to have this conversation. Right. I was this, nervous because this... I was like, it's a film that, yeah. that literally points at white people and says, stop it. You're either, yeah, say stop <laughs> it, but says, stop being such, like, such thoughtless allies where you're just munching it all up going, yeah, yeah, great, and thinking you understand. So I was like, cool, let's talk for an hour about how we understood this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, either way, we look bad because we can go, oh, yeah, yeah, really understood that film. And we're just doing the thing that the publishers do in in this movie, right? To an extent. But I don't I don't think it's anywhere near that bad. I think this film it just puts a spotlight on how on how some white people have gone too far in the other direction from racism. <laughs> right? Into so sort of positive discrimination, right? Into positive discrimination where it becomes patronizing and mm. everyone is a so it doesn't everyone is still judged by the colour of their skin. Just now it's not in a detrimental way, it's yeah. in a sort of pandering way yeah the result of this is that monk is not taken seriously (laughs) as an author yeah as a doctor as a professor he's looked at as a black man and all the stereotypes that come along with being black in america right yes and that's where that's where his thing is and he's like i'm i'm literally i have a doctorate in Mm. literature (laughs) i'm a well-versed author yeah 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 all of his books are in like african-american studies even though none of them are to do with anything african-american studies wise as he says to the the poor underpaid bookshop employee he's like the blackest thing about this book is the ink (laughs) it's not black fiction it's just it's It's, just a book (laughs) it's just a fucking book it's just just let me write why why am i being (laughs) you can't take my book seriously because of the color of my skin but then white people are like it's it yeah the white people in this film it just made me it made me not like that white person right so much you know what i mean because we all know that white person (laughs) the publishers in american fiction who are those white people right they're they're sort of pandering patronizing we do know people like that. I had to once ask mm. an assistant that worked in a studio session to leave mm. because he would just, he was from Surrey and like, he'd be like, yo bro, what's up my G? And I'm like, oh my God, you need just to- Just be from Surrey. Right, just be from Surrey, please. Just be from Surrey. Please just be from Surrey. Like th- no yeah. one's being, no one's heard you say that and go, oh my God, this guy's street. No one's going to walk into a recording studio and go, is that a Surrey accent? <laughs> Racist. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen, man. Just just fucking be yourself. It's weird. So it's a good... American fiction is a good portrait of those people. I also think... It's a great portrait of how (laughs) black people in America are stereotyped to such a degree that to just be a fucking functioning member of society (laughs) is considered brave and bold and visceral. You know what I mean? And it's like... As he said, can we have some (laughs) stories that aren't about the dignity of the man with the boot on his neck? 
you know, which is, yes. if I look at a lot of the films that I've enjoyed from Black America, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, they are all, like I watched Rustin, which Coleman Domingo is uh, being nominated for Best Actor for. Mm-hmm. And it's a great film, but it very much is a film about the quiet dignity of the man with the boot on his neck. Um, okay. In a combination with his sexual identity as well as his as race, but it's I've seen a lot of those movies, and American fiction is very good to point out. Like we can make other films, <laughs> so they can be real funny, yeah, and they can give a commentary on society where we're at now. Yep, in a way that makes it all seem so fucking ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> that maybe instead of it going from you know from one end of the spectrum, which is just horrific racism aimed at people based on the color of the skin or their ethnicity yeah to now be in mad condescending and sort of like right. pandering yeah yeah yeah, based yeah on the color of someone's skin or their ethnicity how about we just middle of the road it treat people like people how about that what i found really clever about the white people representation in american fiction was mm-hmm. it's a bit grating but that's the point yeah, of course. It's a very you narrow. Imagine being on the receiving end of that <laughs> right. constantly. But but Fuck but I'm, no. I mean, like, it's a reductive view of white people. It's a very narrow, very reduced view of white people. Yeah. That's the point because it's the film going. See, isn't this horrible? <laughs> isn't this annoying? <laughs> right. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't you want, it terrible? You want to look at this all day. We're, we're taking a whole group <laughs> of you and reducing you to this stereotype. Yes. <laughs> That's what made it so fucking good, man. Because it was literally like, this is incredible. And I can imagine, you know, like we've all we've all met that one person who is offended on everyone's behalf, like uh, just continuously. And it's like, yeah, buddy, yeah, yeah. no one's asking you to be this. No one's asking you to do this. It's not benefiting anyone. No. Right. Like if someone is offended, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's something that happens. But for you to be offended for people <laughs> at every given opportunity <laughs> is insane. It is insane. So uh, American Fiction is based on a book by a writer called Percival Everett. It was published about 20 years ago. I was hoping you were going to say Stag Ali then. No, no, no. I was hoping on it. So Percival Everett uh, published it 20 years ago as a sort of almost semi-autobiographical expression of his own experience. So it is kind of by Stag Ali. Okay. Um, He exec produced this film too. uh, And Mm -hmm. he thoroughly approves of the takes on the work. Incredible. Um, But what I love about the interpretation of the film is the reason the director, Cord Jefferson, uh, wanted to do the film is Cord Jefferson, who directed American Fiction, used to work at Gawker Media. Okay. You might remember as killing Hulk Hogan's career by publishing his awkward, horrible sex tape. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. A. Yep. I've not heard of Gawker Media. Right. B. Why the fuck have I not seen Hulk Hogan's sex tape? Right. Why have you not seen How the documentary? How did I not know that, that was a thing? Why have you not seen the documentary about Hulk Hogan suing Gawker Media for what publishing his sex tape, which Bro. then also killed the company, which is probably why you've not heard of them, because they don't exist anymore. We are a thousand percent covering that documentary at some point. <laughs> my research yeah. for that, sorry, I've got to download it. I, right. I, I've got to have it in my I've possession. Just, I've, got to, I mean? I've got to watch it. It's I, research, man. I need um, to be as informed as I can be. I've not, I've not seen it, but I can already tell it's going to be an awful time. Oh, drop him, brother! <laughs> you ready for the mustache, brother? <laughs> oh. 
So Cord Jefferson, the director of American fiction, worked at Gorka Media. And while yeah. he was there, they were constantly asking him to cover so-called black stories, right? So they were like, Trayvon okay. Martin got shot, they sent him. Uh, right. Mike Brown got killed, they sent him. And he was right. getting so frustrated with the sort of really narrow scope of work that Gorka were asking him to do. So he Wait, they were just asking in. him to cover like specific like black stories, black trauma, right? Black, wow, right? Because wow. he was, he was doing, well, no, because from their point of view, they were doing the right thing. They were like, well, he's the guy that would know. Like this is his, this is his. I mean, right? Kinda. I can't cover it as a white person. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be qualified to speak. Whereas, right. So they were doing the thing that they do in American fiction of like, well, this is a good thing. Right. He got so tired of it, he jacked it in and started good. working in... I in, imagine so. Right. Started working <laughs> in television where he made Aziz Ansari tolerable on Master of None. He worked That's on The Good Place. That's a fucking tall order, man. That right. is a tall order. Right. Worked on The Good Place. Um, Great TV show. Worked on Succession, which is one of my favourite things on television of all time. And I then... I have ever seen it, you know. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, okay. And then he shat the bed when he made, well, helped make the Watchmen TV, sh- TV show. Yeah. Uh, but he, he he wanted to make this film because he found himself consistently being asked to write fiction that was exactly like the stories that he was asked to cover at Gorka Media. And he's like, I got into fiction to avoid mm-hmm. this. And now <laughs> I, I can have my black characters do anything. They could like fight a dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could go into space. And they're like, what if they had a crack problem? And they owed their dealer two grand. And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake, man. Right. Just let... I want to do 2001 Space Odyssey type shit. Yeah. Why am I being pigeonholed into this? Yeah. Please. The director himself has a very, very good story as to why he's bringing this from his own perspective as a film, as much as the writer went through what mm-hmm. he, Percival Everett, went through what the events of this film depict. But the director of the film version went through the exact same thing. And I think that unity of purpose yeah. goes through the entire, entire group. The actor who plays Cliff in American fiction, Sterling K. Brown, uh, I was watching an interview with him and he was talking about the difference in treatment that black actors get versus white actors. And he made an interesting point that I'd never once okay. considered, which is that the labels of passionate don't necessarily get applied to black actors they get applied to white actors because a black actor isn't passionate about his idea and willing to fight for his idea. He says a black actor is seen as difficult. (laughs) Whereas a white actor can go, I don't do those kinds of scenes. That doesn't interest me. I'm not really into that. I've got an idea for how this character could be a more well-rounded, more three-dimensional character. That scene is difficult rather than if Leo, Leo DiCaprio does it, it's like, oh, he's so inspired. He's so passionate. Um, right, 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 yeah, The right. labels of passionate and all those other things don't get necessarily applied to us when we execute the exact same behavior. So everybody wow. in the cast of American Fiction, the writer of the original book, Percival Everett, the director called Jefferson, and even the cast were like, this is all their day- lived reality every day. And I to bring it this. in such a warm comedy yeah. is incredible. Like, it, I cannot overstate how much this film made me laugh. I can't remember the last time a film had me in absolute bits. Like, I was fucking devastated. Mm. And then immediately, the crying turned into uncontrollable laughter. <laughs> I cannot remember the last time this happened, man. <laughs> like, for example, uh, Lisa, Monk's sisters, right. just passed away, right? It's yeah, very yeah. upsetting. It's a very 
hard hitting scene where you're like, oh my god, and then mm-hmm. it cuts to her funeral on the beach, right? <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Monk reads this letter that Lisa has written just in case she passes away, <laughs> and it is fucking devastating. It's, it's devastating, hilarious, but hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious, but it, it is equal devastating. Mix. It's like yeah. um, it really reminds me of Martin McDonough's writing. Yes, the way that very, he mixes the tragedy with the comedy, and the yes. because it's so funny, yeah, the pain hits harder because you're falling exactly. from a greater height. <laughs> so you've got that right, and I was I was in bits at this. I was fucking, I was like a teary little kid just yeah, falling yeah. out of a tree. I was like, this is brutal. And then this white dude walks across the beach <laughs> as monks scattering Lisa's, Lisa's ashes in the scene. He's just sort of like, is that human remains? Do you have a fucking permit for this? And Cliff is immediately like, get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here. I'll beat your ass. The bit that I loved is... It's fucking amazing. Monk, Monk's monk got to be on the phone pretending to be Stag Ali, who's oh this sort of God. urban stereotype of a black writer who's apparently Incredible. on the run from prison. He's like, yeah, man got all the whole urban mannerisms and he's he's having a meeting with these white publishers who are just being patronizing and condescending and lapping it up because mm-hmm. they think they're speaking to like this true avatar of black experience right who's written yeah. this penetrating book that isn't yeah. you know a disgusting piece of satire right yeah, 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 yeah. Thelonious Ellison's uh father shot himself in the head so when the when the, oh my God. the publisher the publisher who sat listening <laughs> to the call on him Rolls his eyes and does a little, you know, shooting like himself little, thing. Yeah, like a gun to the head type gesture. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. If to be sort of like, fuck, I'm going to shoot this, this is, up. Yeah, yeah, this is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is so boring. And immediately goes, oh, sorry, your father. <laughs> oh, your dad. Shit, I'm sorry. Shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mate, I was in bits. It's fucking amazing, man. There is so many bits that just catch, catch you off guard completely. There's an incredible depth in the writing as well. So Thelonious Ellison as a name. Right? What yeah. do you think the roots of it are? I couldn't tell you. Well, his nickname's Monk. Yeah, so Thelonious Thel- Monk. Thelonious Monk, who's a jazz yeah. player who's yeah. very, very famous, but famous because his style was often described as quite abrasive and heavy-handed, okay. much yeah. like the character is in social situations, abrasive okay. and heavy-handed. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of uh, writers, there's a lot of black writers and black authors with the surname Ellison, but I think the one that they're sort of primary reference uh, is Ralph Ellison because he wrote a book called Invisible Man, which is a book okay. about being ignored by the society in which you live and being right. given identities to conform to which are not your own. <laughs> so it's this kind of wonderful coming together of <laughs> all these disparate bits of black oh. culture, you know, black authors, black musicians yeah, yeah. coming together into this one bloke who works as a kind of audience surrogate. <laughs> Of just wanting to be accepted. Just wanting to be accepted as you are, but being a bit abrasive and a bit heavy handed and people not really willing to do it. (laughs) That is so fucked up, man. I've got to say as well, right? When you said, Mm -hmm. I'm bringing American fiction to the table and I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds good. And you were like, it's fucking hilarious. It's a great movie. Get it on as soon as you can. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, sound. Sound, 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 sound. Zero warning. On the Ooh. fucking family issues that arise in this one, bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, American fiction does not go easy on the family issues, and I'm sorry, because I totally blanked when I recommended you watch it. <sighs> yeah. So that was fun, because it all came as like a, a... I'm so glad you mentioned nothing about it, mate, mm. because it hit me like a ton of bricks <laughs> time and time and time again. The strained relationship with the brother, fucking brutal. Uh, uh, Unbelievably brutal. And I was like, fuck me, that's, that's, that's quite close to home. Mm-hmm. His mom getting ill. 
with an early diagnosis of like, you know, early onset Alzheimer's. Fuck me, mate. Hit pretty close to home, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, that seems fine. <laughs> that seems fine." And the way that the family sort of loosely held together by, mm. you know, the two siblings that are trying the hardest to 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 figure stuff out, and one of them is inexplicably struck down in the middle of a coffee having a heart attack, and I was like, "Fuck me, man." Uh, okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So I was expecting like a you know a fun. A fun social commentary. Nah, mate. Ridiculously intense family drama. <laughs> Had me in bits. Had me in bits time and time and time again. I'm glad that you didn't tell me anything about it, but yeah. fuck was it violently upsetting. <laughs> there was a thing that I really loved about the family dynamic mm-hmm. that I've not seen enough of because I don't watch enough of this kind of film. I'll hold my hand up and say, yeah. I could do better. Okay. Um, but what I'd not seen before is a... Black family who weren't going through the stereotypical issues that this film criticizes, but yeah. also weren't just a white family painted yeah. brown. That's a fucking great way to sum that up, right. by the way, mate. The things that they're going yeah. through are uniquely black, right? <laughs> like, it's not just, oh, we've written a white family and we've, we've let black actors play them. They're yeah. going through stuff that, that is a re- direct result of the culture that they live in and the mm. way that they are perceived by the world around them. Yeah. And they deal with it with intelligence and grace and dignity. And it's not because they're dealing with, you know, they're not dignified under oppression. Yeah. yeah. They're a middle-class, well-educated family. And it was a wonderful thing to see portrayed and something that I wish I could see more of. And it's out there. I just need to go and find it. It's on me for, for not finding it. I find it interesting that I am kind of guilty of the same thing that the publishers in this film do. Because initially I was a bit hesitant to cover it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to come across as patronising or condescending and say, yeah, I get this, or admit that there were bits of it that I didn't. Sure. But I don't think it is. It's a film about people who are just asking to be seen and judged as people without the colour of their skin being relevant. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, they're asking for, an, for their own identity to show through rather than... Right people are signing at them based on their race. Their cultural identity or their group identity. And I then watched that film and was like, wow, that was incredibly powerful and just unendingly funny. Mm. Should I cover it as a white guy? And I'm like, oh, I just did the thing. You just done done (laughs) the thing. Yeah, yeah. I just did the thing. Shit. Yeah. Shit, 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 shit. Yeah. You didn't mean anything bad by it. No. But, you know, you did. I think everyone does it, right? Everyone does it. Everyone's guilty of it. Mm. And I think there is only really... I don't I don't think there's a real remedy to it, right? Because I feel like as a society now we we might have gone no I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and go we've gone too far. We can't say what we want to anymore because any of this shit, right? No, we haven't. We've just loads more to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. ton there's ton it just needs a little bit of fine tuning. I feel like I feel like society at the moment is a little mm. bit phantom menace. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. It's a little bit George Lucas on Phantom Menace. No one, no one is sort of standing by the sidelines, going, "Is this, <laughs> is this really what we want to be doing right now? <laughs> this what we want to be doing right okay, now?" Yeah, yeah, good. I thought you meant the fiction of Phantom Menace. I was like, "How is our society a galactic republic with Jedi?" Yeah, yeah. Have you not entered the the fucking pod race and Olympics? Have you not seen that? That's a new edition. Like <laughs> my reaction speeds are awful, Ben. I can't even play Call of Duty, let alone fucking pod race. <laughs> 
Fuck you, man. I feel like that was a personal attack. I've been telling you recently that I'm absolutely shit at Call of Duty because 12-year-olds just keep battering me. Yeah, it's just a physiological like slowdown. It's a physiological slowdown due to age, mate. Don't say this Marvel because is I'm, I'm really trying. All right, I'm really trying to stay connected. I'm really trying to, to, to stay true to my roots. And fuck me, mate, it's hard. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we're at this place where... I don't know. I feel like we need a little bit of fine tuning. I feel like we need to we need to sort of maybe maybe let individual people set their boundaries, communicate their needs and their wants mm-hmm. and their own identity, yeah, as an individual and have people around them respect it enough to go, yeah, okay, that sound. Rather, fine tuning is the right word though, and I think there's a there's a tendency online to see some people say that well we gave them we gave this we gave this we gave this we understand this we understand that you know when's it going to end and it's like well it's not it's called progress you progress from today if you look back at the 1950s there's been an awful lot of progress but we can't keep using that as the metric by which we measure things right no we can't keep using a hollywood that was almost exclusively white or a bookshop that was filled with almost exclusively white authors as mm-hmm. the metric by which we measure diversity, right? Yeah. There shouldn't be an African-American book se- section because that used to be the liberal and the progressive thing Yes. in the 1980s. Yes. We're not there anymore. We are not. The nature of progress is we've built that. It's a little bit like building a well in some Eastern European village and going, there you go, you've got water. And they go, yeah. great. Can we have computers? And you go, no, 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 no. You could have another well. We've got a well. <laughs> 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 right, <laughs> that's like fine tuning's what we want to be doing. It, yeah. If we want the the amount of no, we're not we're not using water cannons <laughs> to spray protesters off the street anymore. What a brilliant thing that is! Yeah. Now let's maybe look at how we discuss people in media. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. How about a little bit of fairer representation based right. on the individual, yeah, rather than the group. That would be lovely. (laughs) That would be lovely. Another great thing American fiction does Mm. is the competition or the rivalry, the loose rivalry between Monk and Sintara. Yes, who wrote... um, Weez live in the ghetto. Weez lives in the ghetto. (laughs) But she... Right. So these two individuals are both Mm well-educated, well-off, very successful. Yeah. Monk sees the the pandering to the audience, mm-hmm. the selling to that audience as... He places the burden of responsibility on her. Exactly. And almost exclusively on her. Exactly. For the entire way that black culture is seen by white people. <laughs> he, he's very upset that she's pandering to that mm. interpretation mm-hmm. of black culture, right? Yeah. And when he sits down and has a conversation with her... At the, when they're both, they've both been selected as judges mm-hmm. for the book awards and they, they sit down and they have a conversation in this room and he's like, well, don't you find it kind of detrimental to the black mm. experience to be doing this? And she's like, what, because I understand the market. <laughs> I understand how to write for the mass yeah. and where the money is going to come from. No, I'd, I'd much rather sell a piece of work that is going to mm-hmm. make people feel a little bit happy. Yeah. These white people that want to be absolved for whatever fucking reason, get to eat it up. They feel better about themselves for whatever fucking reason. Mm-hmm. And I get to pay my mortgage off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so fucking genius. Yeah. 
because she's so business headed and fully aware of the situation that yeah. Monk has just assumed that she was clueless of and is exploiting yeah, yeah. for a, a, like a get rich quick scheme. But in fact, it's There's incredibly, a- incredibly smart to just go, money's there. Yeah. I could do this in my fucking sleep. <laughs> He does it as a joke this, this, and goes, oh, well, fuck it. If she can do it, so can I. Fucking works, mate. <laughs> the fact that the whole film is a critique on that is incredible. Incredible. I also really like the fact that it doesn't absolve its protagonist of any sins. No, of course not. It's not, here is Monk and he's brilliant. Yeah. He's prideful. He's egotistical. Yeah. He's vain. He's almost certainly sure that he's the smartest man in the room yes to the point that it makes him the loneliest man in the room yes because he doesn't see anyone as his equal exactly it's a wonderful thing to have a good point made by a character who seems realistic Mm -hmm. enough to have flaws it's not here is saint monk it's look at this piece of shit and he turns around (laughs) to Sintara and he goes well you know you know do you not think it's a waste of the potential of the culture she goes people only see the potential in something that they don't think is good enough Oh my god! <laughs> How fucking perfect is that line? How perfect just cuts is him, that? cuts the legs out from underneath yeah. him. Just like you're a guy who thinks that what's going on here isn't good enough. Exactly, and that's it. Nothing's good enough for Monk. No, it, I, nothing ever probably ever probably ever will be. Do you know what? I think that's the most. It's, it's that is relatable to every mm. single person on this fucking planet. Everyone is always looking over the fence. The grass is greener on the other side. Mm. Oh, I want, I want, I want. It's always, we're ne- just as a species, we're never happy with what we have or content with mm. where we are. It's always, what's the next step? What's your five-year <laughs> right. plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? None of this sort of like, <laughs> you know what? I'm actually pretty fucking good. I'm actually pretty good where I am. <laughs> Not one person I have ever met in my entire life, regardless of, of skin color, regardless <laughs> of ethnicity, regardless of fucking religion, regardless of gender. Not one person mm-hmm. has ever turned around and said, I'm pretty good. <laughs> what did you see yourself in five years? I'm good. Same. All right here. Here. I'm actually, I'm really yeah. enjoying myself, you know? I mean, that's the dream, right? To- but that's the human condition. We get, we get a thing. Yeah. We go, wow, the thing. We get used to the thing and we're like... But what's the next thing? Oh, yeah. But we needed that and we still need that. You know, at one point we went, I'm going to build a fire in this cave. And we're like, yeah, we've got a fire in the cave. Yeah. And then a week later we're like, could do with a door though. Yeah. And then before you know it, we've got Red agriculture and society yeah. and taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dinosaurs <laughs> at the factory and fucking foot cars. You know what I mean? You mentioning Sintara, the character who wrote um, Weez Lives in the Ghetto. Mm-hmm. The only time I've seen that dynamic uh, in cinema or otherwise is there's a great Jamie Foxx film called The Burial. Okay. Which is a courtroom drama where he plays a really showy, almost sort of prosperity gospel Southern lawyer, black lawyer. Oh. And he runs TV ads and he's like super cheesy, super this corny. Movie. Only takes like cases that win. Yeah. And he's put up against another black lawyer, mm-hmm. but she's super professional. Yeah. And kind of super not what he would consider black culture. And they meet in the bar and I'm like, if this becomes some conversation where he talks to her about not upholding the culture or this, that and the other. And it absolutely doesn't. They sit down and he's like, respect your hustle. And she's like, I respect your hustle. (laughs) There's no, no one there is going, oh, you're not the right kind of black. They're both going, yep, fair play. Making money, all good. <laughs> That's where the market is. We both hit the same fucking, the same. We've hit the same market in different ways. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. favorite thing about American fiction is hands down the character development and the story we we go on with Monk, where he goes, he goes from being quite in, uh, embarrassed and bitter about yeah. other black, uh, other black people cashing in. Mm. 
on the white yeah white viewpoint of black culture and they they sort of they lean into it yeah. to sort of push for success uh right up until the very end shot of the movie where he he sold his movie <laughs> based on yep. <laughs> based on the one stereotype that's been like a running joke throughout the film where <laughs> if it's not a white cop shooting a black guy it's not it's not sort of yeah. like a brave Doesn't or a count. visceral count as black media yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh <laughs> he's just sold his movie <laughs> And uh, he gets in the car with his brother Cliff. Uh, he cracks a Tyler Perry joke. <clears throat> he, <laughs> he, he cracks a Tyler Perry joke, and uh, he looks over and he sees an actor in, uh, in like a slave getup. Mm. And it's not sort of like a "fuck you" for for steering yeah, into this stereotype. Fuck that. He's just sort of like he yeah. gives him like a nod, as if to be sort of like, "I get it, I yeah. get it." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, Previously, he would have seen that actor playing a plantation worker, playing an enslaved person, and being like. Why are you doing this? You're just feeding the stereotype. And now he's like, nice hustle. Yeah, I get you. I get you. It's the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the fucking... I mean, I recently watched um, Green Book. Great film. Which I feel is a fucking incredible film. I get film. the criticisms of it. I understand where people criticize, where the criticism of Green Book come from. Sure. But I, I love it. I just out and out love it. Same. Because <laughs> it's, again, it's about... It's not about flawed people based on their race mm. or the religion nope. or their ethnicity or their sexuality or their sexuality it's they're flawed people because they're flawed they're people just fucking flawed people <laughs> which is what makes it yeah, so yeah, fucking yeah. relatable and yeah there's commentary on race <laughs> and there's commentary on sexuality yeah, yeah. and there's commentary on ethnicity with obviously like the the italian mm. new york kind of background and how how yeah, sort yeah. of oh don't work for a fucking black guy you know i'll get you work i'll do this i'll do that mm. and the growth of those two characters together was fucking phenomenal yeah. I'm going to put American I fiction like, up there with how much I enjoyed the the character growth in this as well. 100%. Do you think American fiction will win the Oscar? Ooh, for best picture. Mate, uh, to be honest with you, man, I, I'm not sure whether Nolan's going to get it with Oppenheimer. I recently rewatched Oppenheimer. Yeah. And I think in totality, yeah. Oppenheimer is going to be hard to beat it's, this year. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Poor Things yet, so I will. I've got Zone of Interest and Poor Things to watch. I've seen Poor Things, mm -hmm. very good. Right, tell me no more. I won't. Um, I want us to cover but it, I but think, I want you to go in blind. <laughs> yeah, I think in I think in totality, Oppenheimer mm -hmm. is a better film than American Fiction. Okay, in totality, and when you look at the cinematography, the effects, the acting, mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's a better screenplay. I do think American fiction has a better screenplay than Oppenheimer. Okay. Maybe. I, they're That's up real there. fucking they're both interesting, man. That's real interesting. Yeah. Where I feel Oppenheimer might be a better script is because it's a script about everybody. Okay. Everybody's experience of the modern world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. And American fiction, for all of its merits, is doing very fine work about the experience of a subset of people. If you are black in America, this is some problems that you deal with. I was going to say... That's a huge number of people. I was going right? to say, let's, let's rephrase subset of people. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I won't. Because <laughs> I know what I meant and everyone else knows what I meant. Yeah. You're the one making it weird. I mean... I mean... <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't... I, I'm just... I don't want to risk offending, you know what I mean? And I am offended oh, okay, for yeah. your statement yeah, yeah, yeah. about okay, something you that being has offended on other people's behalf. to do yeah, with yeah. yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Do you know what I think the main fucking lesson of American fiction is? Ooh. 
I go right, on. I know you, and over the time I've gotten to know you, I know your needs, your wants, the your identity, and how you want that yeah. to be respected. I'm a very romantic person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are, <laughs> and I am completely respectful of that. And that is not at all yeah, hilarious. To never me. have been otherwise. No, yeah, yeah. That's completely fine. Yeah, yeah. And I respect you for yeah. it, right? Thank you. So to me, <laughs> you're not middle class posh white mm. rub. Mm-hmm. You're Mr. Romantic. <laughs> and that's fine. You know what I mean? Not anymore. I said I used to be. Yeah. I've shut that off because, you know, people used to laugh and I'd get myself into lots of trouble Bastards. by doing things that were uh, uh, fundamentally terrible ideas for both my well-being and the other person's well-being. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't just run away with my fairy book stories mm. because maybe I live in a real world. Okay. <laughs> but what, <yeah. laughs> I guess my point is, right, I understand that you as an individual have certain mm. fucking things that you like. That is your identity, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. For that to be respected is just a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't do that because you're <laughs> white or you're a man. No, or you're straight or because enough. Because I'm romantic. Or because you're romantic. Yeah, I yeah. don't do it for any of those reasons. Yeah, yeah. Those just all happen to be things. Yes, that, that are true. About that are true about you. And I think if we all, as a fucking human race, <laughs> just start looking at people who have things about them. <laughs> yes, like all come together to make an identity and are wildly different from person to person, <laughs> regardless yeah, yeah, of anything yeah, yeah. that holds up that identity. And we can then sort of just accept them in that yeah. way. That would be fucking lovely. Because I, I mean, yeah. I'm quite lucky. I grew up. I, Telford's like quite multicultural. You know what I mean? There's a lot of. No, is it? Yeah. Yes. I was very. I'm. I'm sort of. You can walk through town. You pass ten people. But then, would that would that experience be different if I spoke to somebody from a minority exactly. in Telford? Would they say something different about Telford? They one thousand percent would. You don't experience. They one thousand percent would. And all all I'd say is, is that as an individual, we fucking respect mm. it and accept it because that's their experience yeah, yeah. and it builds towards yeah, their yeah, identity. Yeah. So it's wildly different from my takeaway from it. But that yeah, doesn't yeah. make it any any different in any fucking shape or form it's just a human experience do you know what i mean yeah yeah totally totally here's a question for you okay how different is american fiction as a film to watch and i need to re-watch it again with this question in mind yep. i wonder how differently american fiction comes across if you consider the possibility that monk isn't actually that good a writer because we only ever get wow his narration review of his own books yeah and we only ever get the reaction of people who are in the room with him wow that's kind of nutty you know that he he paints out his personal flaws he externalizes them and says it's not my talent that's at fault Mm. it's the inability of my culture to recognize my greatness because they're too distracted with these other stories that are Rightly narrow and rightly juvenile and rightly out of date. But I wonder if he sort of discovers greatness by accident by having to acknowledge the fact that his books don't sell. And he said he paints it to be a cultural issue rather than a talent issue. I don't know. It's an interesting question. If you look at how his family treat him compared to like how right. his how his colleagues treat him as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to watch this again with that question in mind because that's fucking... <laughs> that might have just fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> uh, do you want to play a game? 
Yes, I would love to. Well, we're not going to because we're going to play the game no, over on YouTube. We're going to play it over on YouTube. I've got a great one called American Fact or American Fiction. And if you've got this far <laughs> off through the podcast, it's already on YouTube. Nice. That is nice. I nice, do nice, want nice. to point out that we have a certain figure of people. We know the number. We're not going sure. to share it. Sure. That watch uh, YouTube. Yeah. And we've got another figure of people that listen to the podcast. And there is a large number of you listening right now who've not watched a single fucking one of our YouTube videos. Wildly different numbers, buddy. (laughs) And we put loads of effort into them. Like, we've got an editor, Anthony, who we love dearly, who does really, really good work. So go check it out. Love, Anthony. We're going to go play the game over there. uh, And he's going to jazz it up, you know. He's, he's a jazzy I, guy. Honestly, it's kind of upsetting that he's the funniest of the three of us. It is really upsetting. Let's it's, not bring it up. It's Let's very upsetting. Don't draw attention to it. It's already bad. <laughs> I've got I've got, <laughs> who, I've got who. I've got who. Like, I love him to pieces, but fuck me. He might be, he might be like, cutting it <laughs> The a best little, of us. Yeah, he might <laughs> yeah, be cutting yeah, yeah, yeah. it a little too high. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you rate American fiction? I'm going to give this... I'm going to give it an eight. Ooh. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Nice. Uh, the family drama is insane. The fact that the film has me in tears and then fucking crying with laughter almost immediately mm. after is in- is incredible. Um, the social commentary is fucking hilarious, but mm-hmm. also heartbreaking at the same time because you're like, yeah. it's actually how it is. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to look at from the outside looking in, but you're like, <laughs> holy fuck, that's it. Like, that's actually yeah. it. Yeah. It's quite a sobering view when you look at it like yeah. that. Um, yeah, eight and a half from me, man. Thought what's it was fucking the, great. What's the point and a half it loses? The point and a half it loses is it's it's quite delicate. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite delicate. It's quite... It's a delicate year this year at the Oscars. It is, We've got man, Oppenheimer, like... Barbie and poor things, then everything else is like, look at my snowflake flowers. Do you know what I think it is? <laughs> I, think, I think Will Smith has ruined the Oscars. Like, Will Smith... Is that what... <laughs> He got a bit too rowdy and they were like, all right, next year we're going to calm it down. We're yeah, gonna, yeah. Should we just take a step back and, and just take a breather? Make sure every film is over two and a half hours long let's and just have, mostly dialogue. Yeah, let's just do, <laughs> let's just do real soft dialogue heavy. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure it's, you know, it's, it's a calm one next year. Mm. So the slap that was heard around the world has just fucked us this year. <laughs> I'm surprised they've gone with Kimmel as a host again. I'd have gone for like The Rock and just had the host be Try It Will. <laughs> just like, just just like, invite Will again, but it's, it's the rock hosting this year. No, if they're going to do that, they need to have like the rowdiest films ever. Iron Claw would have been in there. You know what I mean? There would have been like wrestling <laughs> and fighting and fun and explosions and monster trucks. And then the rocks up there has been sort of like, hey, Jada, we've <laughs> got a good one for you. <laughs> Will, where you at? <laughs> Rob, what are you rating American fiction? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, nine. I very much enjoyed it. It was one of the funniest films I've seen in a long while. It's like a nervous laughter at times. It's <laughs> a really healing laughter at other times. Yeah. It was something that I've had the privilege and luxury of not having to consider before. Yeah. Um, my, I'm a majority in almost every metric you care to measure by. Mm. Um, I am the most average of, of average dudes. Um, and so I don't have to carry around labels with me that people see me through. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing somebody who experiences that was interesting. Um, yeah. But Sterling K. Brown is nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this film. Incredible. Playing the brother. Yeah. Mm. 
I think he's fine. You You're know, Cliff. Yeah. Are you being serious? He's funny, but uh, is he Oscar worthy? Yes, a thousand percent. Right. Yes, more than Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, who disappears into that role. I know that he does, right? And it's it's great. I fucking hate him in that film, and it's really <laughs> yeah. it's really difficult for me to separate the actor from the from the, the right, role. Okay, right, and I love uh, yeah. Cliff. Cliff is Cliff is like I would I want to hang out with Cliff before I go so before I went sober. I would mm. fucking love to hang out with Cliff because all he does is yeah. sniff coke and roll about on the beach. Yeah, that's mint. <laughs> that's mint. Yeah, 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 a thousand yeah. percent sign me up for that. Now that I'm sober, maybe not so much, right? Because he just pissed okay, me off. Okay, fine. 20-minute coke chats about the fucking, the <laughs> density of the, you know, or like the neighbours, the neighbourhood yeah, watch, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I, I just, I think he's fine. I, like, it, as a character, great, but as a piece of acting, I wasn't like, wow, this is head and shoulders above everything else that I've seen this year. Jeffrey Wright, he's not even like, Jeffrey Wright is in this movie. Jeffrey Wright is fucking incredible. You know, he's always been incredible. You ready for Comment Corner? I am. I've got one this week. Okay. Yeah. You want to go first? Uh, Yeah. So on uh, the reel that keeps on fucking giving, it's on like multiple millions on every platform. Yeah. Uh, At Jake from State Farm 989. Got in touch to say... Did you just say Steve Rogers was Captain America? It's Chris Evans, you twat. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best comment that exists in the history of... So We may as well, everyone collectively, just delete Instagram because yeah. it's never getting any better than that. No, it's really not. It's it's never getting... <laughs> everyone can leave YouTube, we can yeah, leave yeah. TikTok, we can leave Insta... He's completed social media. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, speaking of the reel that keeps on giving, I'm just going to scroll through a few because fuck me, mate, there's some gold ones in here. Right. Uh, Arthur J. Melu yeah. says, you guys have way too much free time. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Willem339, all shit movies. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, solid reviews there. Um, can't wait for more of that. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Chaos, Chaos X Chaos says, "Wow, as many times I've watched these movies, I've never picked up on that." Right, so there you go. See? One. There we go. Not every, not everyone knows this shit. It's fine. It's nice to have a little bit of fun every now yeah. and then. You know what I mean? Um, nice. Yeah. And then we've got Jam seventy one seventy one. You guys are stupid. Those are called Easter eggs for comic book fans. Yeah. Fucking morons. <laughs> Perfect. This is just. Such a source of positivity yeah. in my life. Speaking yeah. of sources of positivity in my life, we have a little Discord chat room, and I just want to pick out some names. Chat room, like it's 1998. Do you Not know every, I mean? Ben, I've seen our demographics. <laughs> we are the youngest people that listen to us. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, I love it that. It goes about 10 years younger than us. But the, ki- <laughs> the kids that use Discord, no idea. So it's like a chat room for those of you that are my age. Um, in chat room. Jake Kaup, uh, Rosie... Adam, Artistic AMV, Bella Ravinus, Bradavial, Brett Killed Ernie, CB Knight, Serial Killer, Chris White 14, Dan Pollitt, uh, Eddie K, uh, Lady Vader. Lady Vader. Hell, I'm just going alphabetically, mate. You just totally yeah, ruined that no one. Way. Just, uh, no, no, just make, make sure you hit that yeah, one yeah. at some point, please. Uh, <laughs> Clink, uh, Jenny, John. Uh, Lady Vader, LD, Mary Meow 88, 
Uh, Mickey Dicky, P, uh, P Demon, Pumpkin Bumpkin, uh, Ross Grant, R slash 55, Raf Sarmento, Steve Miller Reviews, Super Rooster, Theos, you've all been mad active lately. And we fucking love you all. We, we love you all, really but we love those do. extra. Yeah, because we love them a little bit more. So go join the Discord and get the extra little bit of love. Hey, do it, do hey. it, do it, do, do it. it, do it, do it. Guys, thank you so fucking much for hanging out with us this week on the Every Movie Ever podcast. That's unfortunately all the time we have for this week. Yeah, but that's... we will be back next week to do more Oscar nominations. We haven't picked much one yet. We're, a li- we're, we're, we're we thought we'd do this one a little bit more loose, a little bit more loosey goosey. I, I feel like sometimes we prepare a lot and sometimes we're like, we're just going to chat about a movie. And it's been yeah. good, man. Honestly, I feel I feel like I found my people. You know, previously I was like, I feel like I do nothing well enough. Um, yeah. Now I don't. I've seen a movie yeah, about yeah. someone not doing well enough and now I've gone, oh, it's not just me. I've had a chat with you and I feel fucking great. There you go. See, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. I'm going to just tell you to do what society always tells you to do. While Ben is going to wrap up the themes and ideas of this film into a nice little motivational speech How? to thank you How? for spending an hour of your time with us, especially at the start of your week. Uh, so, Ben, just mm-hmm. quick, pithy, couple of sentence summation of everything that this film means to everybody while I tell Sound. everyone to consume. I don't fucking know how to do this one, man. Like, it's this one's harder than normal. Do you know what I mean? Don't be a cunt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's gone. That was so. All right, that was a short one. That was good. <laughs>